Whenever you turn over to the book of Hebrews and in chapter 13, we'll look at verses 5 through 10. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 10. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I'll never forsake you, nor I'll never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with food which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar in which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. First of all, I need to express our condolences to Pat and Donnie and Crystal Witten and the loss of Pat's mother. Uh, the visitation was today and the funeral service is tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the Justin uh, Church of Christ in Justin, Texas. So keep that family in your prayers as well as others that we have mentioned along the way. We look at these verses and things cross our mind. <coughs> Usually don't use illustrations because I get in trouble for them. And I'll get in trouble for it, but that's okay. I've been in trouble before. When uh, <clears throat> Pat and I were younger and in that dating stage, we would drive about. And as we drive about in the car, she would sit next to me as I would drive the car right next to me. And as time unfolds, unfolded and, and years gone by, uh, there was a separation there and made the comment that we're not as close as we used to be. And my comment back was, who moved? I didn't move. I'm in the same place. <laughs> Bucket seats and a few other things gets in the way as well. But if we're not as close to God as we once were, or if we're not as close to God as we think we ought to be. Who moved? Not God. He is still there. And that's the reminder to us that the Hebrew writer is bringing out to those that he's addressing. We need to see the faithfulness of God in the life that we live and understand, as the Scripture says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has not changed. But the Christians, as human beings are, need to be reminded and instructed to rethink of where they are and what they need to do. Back in chapter 2 of the book of Hebrews, and in verse 1, 
Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. We need to give earnest heed to God's word. There is a tendency of drifting. It's not intentional for the most part. Sometimes it's one thing or another, but we need to give very close attention to what God has said. Scriptures remind us that God is holy, and we ought to be holy. We need to be uh, aware of and cautious of the life we live to make sure that we are not drifting away from the Word of God. Go to chapter 3 of Hebrews in verse 14. We have become partakers of Christ if, condition, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. If we hold fast our confidence until the end, do not lose our faith or our hope in God. We live our lives day by day, and as we live our lives day by day, things go pretty well the same. There's fluctuations in our life, different things arise and cause us to reflect one thing or another, but so many times it's so easy to get into a rut. Why are you here this evening? Is this something that you just do? <laughs> something you've always done? Or is it more than that? I've mentioned fairly recent to some that after I was converted in Germany, I was over there for three years before I came back to the States. And it wasn't until I was back in the States for a while that I began to understand that you had options about attending Sunday night services and Wednesday evening Bible study. In Germany, you didn't have an option. You were just there. <laughs> Those doors were open. That's where you were at. But we get back here and we think they've got options involved. Why is it that the attendance of you charted out? Well, Sunday morning Bible class is down, worship service a little higher, Sunday evening worship service drops, Wednesday night worship, uh, Bible study drops off. Be careful. We need to take heed if we hold that confidence steadfast until the end. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And those who, having heard, rebelled. Indeed, was it not to all who came up out of Egypt, led by Moses? Who were those that rebelled? Those who had come up out of the land of Egypt. Those who had followed God or followed Moses who was following God and then began to shrink back. Being in the wilderness without food and without water was not their 
choice of how they felt they were being led by God. And there are things that happen in our life that we may go through a similar process if we're not careful. Things are not as we thought they would be. We haven't gone to where we thought we ought to be. And we can become discouraged. And we're admonished here. Hold fast to that confidence that we have in God. Go to chapter 4 and verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. We need to give attention, give earnestness to who it is that we are standing before. We need to give attention to who it is that we are offering this service, this life that we live. We need to have an understanding of his nature, of his characteristic, of his steadfastness, of his not wavering to the left or to the right, that he is a keeper of his words. And then we get to work with that within our lives, that he will never forsake us, nor will he ever leave us. So at times when we think that he has, we need to re-examine. He's promised us he'll never leave us. But sometimes we allow the physical surroundings and circumstances to take our focus off of God. And the Hebrew writer is reminding those of his day who were being persecuted to go back under the law of Moses by those who had not yet become the children of God. Look at the fellowship that you've left. Look at the assurity of what we have. Look what you're going through. Come on back to where you ought to be. And they needed to be assured that they needed to remain steadfast with him. Go to chapter 6 of Hebrews, verses 11 and 12. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the, the promise. Abraham had to patiently endure. And you know what he endured to inherit the promises? The request that God had made to him, that doesn't seem to fit with what needs to be. But it's simply the question, how much, how deeply, and how true is your faith in the Word of God? If God said do it, 
where you do not understand the circumstances in which we find ourselves today. Some of us have been around long enough to remember the blue laws. They were interesting. Remember the times when your children were in school? They didn't plan anything on Wednesday night. That was a given of what was going to take place. Whether they went to where they ought to be or not, they were just an understanding of what is there. But you know, times change. And you've got to go with the times. Is that not what the world says? Is that not what some have bought into of what the world says? You know, it's just more difficult. It's harder than it was back then. I don't believe it's any harder today than it was at any time in God's history of his people. I do not believe his word is less true than it was at any time in his history. I don't believe God's word is less understood than at any time in, in God's history of mankind. He has spoken plainly. He has spoken distinctly. And has always kept his word. Because it has not happened in the way that we would want it to happen does not mean that God has not and is not working his will out in our life. The question is, how much do we trust God? Or what are we willing to do? Why is every aspect of our life? Every aspect of our life is guarded or guided by what God's Word has to say within our lives. Go over chapter 10 of Hebrews. We've alluded to the verses before. But verse 23. Let us hold fast, firm, the confession of our hope without wavering. For, who, for he who promised is faithful. Then he goes on with the charge to us. For hold firm the confession that you have made. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he is the Savior of the world. I believe that he died for my sins, rose again, ascended into heaven, stands at the right hand of the throne of God. I believe that he makes intercession on my behalf before God Almighty. How can I forsake him? And how can I take lightly what he has to say? He gave his best. Jesus gave his all. Are we indeed going to hold firm and fast to that confession of our hope without wavering? There is no other place to go if I leave God. There is no place to go. There's nothing out there. 
All you have to do is open your eyes and look around you in the world. What do they have to offer in replacement for what God has to give? And the world tells you it's all an illusion anyway. How many treatment centers do we have for the various illnesses that we encounter in our life or that people encounter within their life? Got a drug problem, you go to a rehab place. You got an alcohol problem, you got a rehab place for that. Whatever it is, there's a place for you to go because it's telling you that the drugs and the alcohol do not give or fulfill the promise that they have given. Whatever else it is that's out there. But God keeps his promise. When I feel overwhelmed, it's not because God has not kept his promise. It's because I have allowed my faith to waver. Because God will keep the promise. We've lived life long enough to know that's true. We've seen it in our lives. He keeps his word. We've been down in the, in the dumps. We've been in despair. We've lost jobs. We've been gone through a host of things down through the way. But God is still there. He still keeps his promises for his people along the way. He who promised indeed is faithful. Drop down to verse 35 and 36 of the 10th chapter of Hebrews. Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has what? It has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Do not cast away that confidence that you have in God. For you need to endure. Why do you follow God? Oh, he's promised me peace and happiness. He's promised me contentment. He promised that he'll always be there for me. He promised that I'll have whatever else that we put in there. But God wants to know what is in your heart. Your mind. What is in your mind? Why? Why do you follow God? Because I could get a lot of benefits out of it? Why do I follow God? The endurance will tell you. What's the old saying? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. You go, you do. God's faithful. He's going to keep his word. I'm going to keep mine. So that you can receive that prize at the end. Receive that promise. You will come in a little while. But we want that little while to be with a little while within my lifetime. A little while has been, what, 6,000 years so far. So it may be a while. But understand, again, however God allows this world to exist, it has a limit. That's that little while. It has a limit. And then this world will cease to be. And it is, it is eternity that ought to be of deep concern for us. 
the trials, the tribulations, the setbacks, the heartaches, the disappointments, the betrayals that we go through in this life, they're there. But guess what? They, they do vanish in time. They, they go away. Life goes on. But there is an eternity in which there is no change. And that's a sobering thought. Unpointed, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Die, and then the judgment. No transition involved in that. No plea bargaining involved in that. And it should be sobering to consider what one might be willing to give in exchange for that eternal soul. The parable of Jesus, what would it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and forfeit his own soul? You've heard me mention that one. I don't worry about that one. There's no way I'm going to gain the whole world, all the wealth in the world. That's not going to happen. It's the next one that bothers me. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? That one bothers me. The one talks about the great riches, but the other one talks about, in essence, what little thing, what little thing will you give in exchange for your soul? Well, I know I ought to be there, but just this one time. You're willing to forsake eternity with God for this one time? Is it worth it? Well, I'll have time to repent. I've talked to young people and heard them make the comment. Friday night, going to go out and have a good time. I know it's wrong, but I'm going to go out and have a good time, and I'll repent of it Sunday, and I'll be all right with God. What little thing is it worth it? And we know by reality how true that is. We go back at any point in our life and we can look at something. How important was it for us to do that? Whatever it was. How important is it now that we would have done that? Is it worth it? God has promised he will never leave us. We need to be careful of how we keep our word to him along the way. There are some things that we need to remember as we go through life, and one of them is look at the faith of those who have gone before us. We mentioned Jeremiah this morning. Just read Jeremiah. Look at the things that he went through to be faithful to God. To have his life sought for. To be thrown into a dungeon, to be thrown into a pit. All the other things he went through as a faithful servant of God. I read that you read the end of... Uh, 
Hebrews chapter 11, things that they went through as well in service to God. God was faithful. They have a reward. How faithful are we? And therein lies the, the hope, if you will, the patience of God. The scriptures talk about the patience of Job. Well, you consider the patience of God. Do not know what the number would be of the children of God in totality down through time. No way to check that one out. <laughs> no sense going to Google to figure it out. It's not going to be there. And then with that, you consider the faithfulness of God through all of that. deal with Peter. Lord, I'll never forsake you. I mean, I'll, I'm willing to fight to the death. I'll die for you. And the Lord's saying, Peter, three times you're going to deny me. Three times. No, Lord, not me. Consider the patience of God. It's one thing we ought to be grateful for. God is patient. He grants us time. He made promises to us. And the question comes down again. What promise have you made to God? What promise? What commitment have you made to God? And how are you doing with that commitment? God in his grace, God in his mercy, God in his long-suffering, God in his patience works with every child of his. As long as we have breath in our body, he allows us time. There's always that time when that breath will no longer be there. Question. Are you ready for that day? Are you? If you need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, and making a life right with God. We would encourage you to come as together we stand and sing.